0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Flight of the Next podcast. I am here on Gadigal Land in Sydney. We have Alex, who is in Te Ataro, Wellington, I believe. Uh, Danny, who is possibly on Gadigal Land in Sydney. Which land are you on, Danny? yep,
1: Gadigal land.
0: Gadigal land, and uh, Denise, who is in Topol. Oh, back at home again. No, no iron <laughs> in the background this time, <laughs> yes. All right, so we had a bit of a mixed bag this uh, this Sunday. So the matches were supposed to kick off at the same time, um, which was quite frustrating if you wanted to watch them, especially if you were in the stadium for one of those. There was a big delay for the men, and we'll we'll get to that game. But uh, first of all, we'll discuss the woman who played Western United in Melbourne. Uh, We lost 3-0. We were missing a lot of our Ferns. We've dropped 14 points from winning positions this season, which I think is perhaps the uh, talking point for us. But um, any thoughts? So, Denise, you watched that game live a bit more carefully than uh, I think Danny and I managed to. What were your <laughs> thoughts?
2: You know, they weren't awful, you know, but they were a team that, you know, was put together, you know, um, you know, they didn't have the Mackenzie Berries of the world. You know, they didn't They didn't really, you know, the Kate Taylors were definitely missed. The Cohesion, the Speckmeyer, who was away also on international duty. I mean, um, those are stars um, of the team for a reason. And the reason is, is that they dominate play. And, um, you know, the people who were there, they weren't. They just weren't better than the other team is kind of the way I was left feeling. You know, I, you know, these, these players have been, you know, trying to make the roster and trying to start and, you know, played well, like I can't go, oh, that, well, there was one goal that was pretty horrible. Uh, um, But in general, you know, the Chloe, Chloe Lagars of the the world were just better (laughs) And uh, it's, it's hard to, for me to kind of pick it apart because there's, you know, I was pretty mesmerized just by all the, you know, a bunch of new faces coming into the match. And, and, you know, when this is clutch time, um, this Olympic qualifier was horrible for the Wellington Phoenix, just terrible timing, couldn't be worse. And, you know. The, the juxtaposition of the Ferns going in and just annihilating these other teams, you know, and versus, you know, the, these Phoenix women who were are fighting for their lives to try and stay in this playoff picture was a bit gutting for a fan, actually, at, at least for me, it was.
1: I guess um, for me, I, I'd say I didn't see much of the match. I tried to watch the first half in the McCameltown stadium on a phone during a thunderstorm. So you don't really get a good uh, version of it then. And then I've watched the extended highlights, which, was mostly Western, so you didn't really see much of the fitting set anyway. So, but I guess games like these, you know, we weren't expected to win. We were probably never going to win. What you were looking for as a fan, of guessing, is one of those, uh, one of the players that don't normally make the first-team squad or make the pitch, saying, putting a message out there to Paul Temple, saying, okay, you shouldn't be leaving me out. You know, this is what I can do. I've got a chance now to, to show something. And from what I can tell from what I've heard, no one really put their hand up and said, okay, I should be in the match day squad. You know, next
2: week. Yeah, I mean there were moments. Alyssa Winham had some really cool dribbling stuff, you know. I you know, I'm a big fan of Mickey Robertson. You know, my eyes just couldn't leave her because she's so dynamic, it's so fun to watch. Uh Emma Main put in a, a serious shift and she, you know, she had one like rip roaring shot, but it was right at the goalkeeper. Um and so You know, they didn't quite connect. There was like a Wyndham Cox moment, and you know these these through balls that just could have happened if they had more reps together. I feel, Um, but they just they didn't have those reps. And sorry, I'm. You heard that notification. I'm turning those off. You know, they they like I said, they were good. They just wasn't weren't good enough. And you know, I there was no one there. That just jumped off the page. You're absolutely right, Danny.
0: Just disjointed was my. So I watched the whole thing on replay, and it was just disjointed. Um, and I think we've we've got a lot of talented academy players or younger players or more French players, but they don't actually spend that much time playing. Uh, and I think that that was quite a big, quite a big difference. And I, th- I think there were some really good moments on the field, but was just no end product and the end product is something we've been struggling with um for big chunks of this season um do we want to talk about the goal the uh olympico goal that was conceded because that was atrocious like that's i I, maybe you guys have a a different example but i think that's actually perhaps the worst goal we've conceded all season so for an (laughs) olympico for those who don't know, it's when you score directly from a corner. So, if it's an Olympico where, you know, the ball's come all the way up over everybody's heads and then dips down into the top corner at the far post, I understand it. Those are very difficult to pull off. Um, those are very difficult to defend unless you've got like a really quite tall, athletic keeper. But this was not one of those. This was a low, a low corner that really should have been cleared by the first defender it got past. It's not, it's not even like, it it bounces on the ground. It bounces on the ground about like midway between the posts, probably three or four metres out from the goal line. It has gone through a gaggle of about four players and our keeper. So it's just low, it's bounced in front of the goal and it's gone. and, And I, it's just, um, Honestly, it was shocking to see that. That That's the worst goal I think we've conceded all season. And we have conceded worse goals over our um, three seasons or two and a bit seasons. But uh, this is this is up there. That was yeah. just bad. That was really bad. And I, I don't understand why. Uh, I agree. No one did Riley Foster any favors. They were all sitting in front of her like a bad screen.
2: I mean, it was, I, I can't even remember. I mean, I'm sure there was a Western United player in there in the mix. But all I remember is like three Phoenix jerseys, you know, the ball bounced in front of or somewhere in them. And it just went in and it was just, oh, that was odd. that was a hard one. That was deflating. And I was like, after that one happened, I'm like, oh, man, they're not coming
0: back. You know, you just kind of felt the air go out of the room on that one. That's embarrassing to concede at my level. And I play like bottom-of-the-barrel grassroots football. That's embarrassing to concede. Um, and I, the things I kind of feel like if you had a Mac Barry or a Kate Taylor there or a Marisa Vandermeer or something like that, they would have taken charge of that ball and it would have been headed out or away. Um, but we still need to have – it's just such a basic thing that we need to have someone taking charge in the penalty box and not everyone's standing off yeah
2: yeah
1: when i um, i heard it with an olympico and i was quite before i actually saw the goal i was quite surprised because riley foster is normally pretty strong when the ball comes in the air and i was assuming it to be as you say holly one of those that goes right over the top of the keeper into the far corner but you know as you say it, it bounced to the near post and it bounced through yeah i think it was at least three phoenix players, there and then one western united player um so I actually don't blame Riley Foster as much as I probably would have done because she, 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 I think she had the right to expect one of those defenders just to kick it. <laughs> just one of them, touch the ball, and it would have been fine. But as it was, it came through all of them, and she was surprised that it went in past her, her left knee.
2: Yeah, I kind of think she was waiting for the ball to, like – Kind of be cleared and muffed, and you know she was she was on to the next thing. If you know what I mean, it's kind of the way it felt. It didn't feel like she, you know, she's like, okay, that's that's the wall. I got to see where this deflection goes. So yeah, that was really unfortunate.
3: Yeah, I'm I'm a bit like you, Danny. When I saw the that there was an olympico scored, I was thinking it was going to be much much better than this. This is not what I what you think of when you hear that you conceded an olympico. Um for me, it's kind of Errington on the front post, you know, Hannah Keen kind of makes a combative run through the six-yard box, or maybe just outside of the six-yard box, and Errington looks like she's going to go for the header before Hannah Keen gets there, but then once Hannah Keen gets there, she just looks, like, really skeptical and, like, kind of scared to go for the for the header, like, kind of that she's going to clash heads with Hannah Keen, which kind of, you know, is, is a normal thing. It's a normal thing for a human to feel scared of head clashes, but... If you if you want to be a, a top footballer, you know, stopping a goal, going for the header, it's just kind of what you have to do really.
0: She's played two matches. This is her second match of all time yeah. and she's eighteen. And that's the thing is I think that we just we've got these talented up and coming academy players, but they've just not had enough time on the pitch to to sort of because it's a big step up from, say, national league or academy level to playing like actual professional football at the standard of the A-League so it's unfortunate
2: yeah so it's a, it's a lot of pressure it sort of reminded me a
1: little bit of the games of the first season um I think where we we had a team and they were trying hard and they had a little bit of clatter in there but they just weren't really up to the standard of the other teams who are professionals and we had a bunch of young players who really stepping up to that level for the first time and, you know, we were in, in most of those games in the first season. We weren't really in it. We were looking out for maybe we'll get a goal, but we weren't really in there to win. And it sort of seemed a little bit like that. We were never going to, you know, dominate West United. We were looking for maybe a little bit of skill from Wynnum or from Cox or from MMA maybe to snatch something. But, yeah, just we just went up to the pace.
2: It's kind of strange. You know, you have Isabel Cox, who's coming in from UNC. And she comes in and, and the Phoenix are at a high, right? The the women are like, you know, looking like they're cruising really fast and doing really well. And yeah, the, and she's not really a part of their, their downfall, but, you know, it does coincide with like, you know, she must be wondering what the heck is going on. You know, I, I came in the first half of the season, fire, second half. It's just a dud.
0: We've forgotten how to score. That's what the um the Far Post pod, um, which is a, quite a good one to listen to. They talk about the the dub and also the Matildas, but uh yeah, they they just said it, it looks like the Phoenix have forgotten how to score. So we got our that Adelaide game delayed at least. Um, so we will have our, our full squad back for that. Um, are there any other comments on that? Game before we look at who our next opponent is. I just want to oh, put no, it behind I us.
1: You, yeah, I was about to say exactly the same thing. Put it behind us. Look forward to our home game and getting our first so team back. And hopefully, you know, because we're going to need we need to win vast majority of our matches coming up to to get into the finals.
0: Are we going to make finals at this rate? I'm not sure we will. And this things pick up because let's see, we've got. Victory away, Perth away, Sydney home, Adelaide home, Canberra away, Wanderers home. That's it. We've got three home games. I, I'm honestly at this point not even sure that we'll make finals, which is disappointing considering how well we started.
2: Yeah, listen, I'll I'll never doubt the team that I'm rooting for <laughs> in a in a big kind of way. I was like, they're gonna win two one Western United, but they you know it, it's hard to. Um, Given the path they've been on, it's hard to realistically go, yes, you know, they're They're, you know, there's momentum there. It's kind of the opposite of momentum right now. Um, and I really feel for them. They must be frustrated as well because it's, it's not like they've been like win, loss, win, loss. It's like they win a lot and then they like, they're not doing it. I don't think they've won any match in what the last. Well, what are they, one for seven or something like that?
0: It's been a lot of losses. It's been wins at home and then losses away. Yeah. It's been real, real black and I, white.
2: I would like them to go back to the small ball, the quick ball, the, you know, they when they do that, they just, even if it's kind of dilly-dallying a bit, they look more confident. And they, they have some mojo.
1: I'm interested. I don't know, because as you say, the beginning of the season, I think when they were playing small ball, we were outplaying most of the teams we came up against, and we were getting lots of results. Uh, and that's obviously fallen away. And I, have we gone backwards, or have other teams figured us out? You know, are we playing worse than we were, or are they just playing better against us and said, okay, this is the way you play against a Phoenix. We can stop on playing. You know, and once you stop them doing that, they haven't got a plan B, so they can't. Really,
0: I'm not sure we've got a plan B. I think the thing is this. The season would have been over, like we'd be in post-season at this point. Um, last year, or sorry, the year before, was it see, that was round 17. So we'd be like, round 17 would be, the first season we played, we played 14 games in the regular season. So like this would be the finals round effectively, like around 17. So there's so much longer and it's full home in a way and there's time to just like pick through like, this is what they how they like to play, and this is how we play against it. And yeah, maybe we just don't have an adequate plan B. And and teams have figured this out.
2: You got me, Holly. I mean, I I think little give and goes actually really do work. You know, and you if you can master a really fun, quick through ball, you know, um, those things do will work if you can if you can get that rhythm going on. I think quick passing works. I mean, you know, over the top, physical, all that stuff, you know, that that maybe worked 10 years ago, five years ago. But I, I do think um, being a little bit have a, a, a lot more flair, some unpredictability like they did at the beginning of the season is lacking. You know, that that cute confidence that they all had, you know. And it translated on the field, you know, they need more of that.
0: How do you reckon we'll go against Victory? It's away. Victory have been improving. Emily Gilnick is um, on fire. And just to note that that match isn't this weekend. So it's actually the international break now. So um, there will be um, no match for the women this weekend. But uh, on the third, Victory away. You never know, but I'm still going to go (laughs) 2-1.
2: <laughs> <laughs> when in doubt the Phoenix win um I you know I'm like I said I'm not gonna root against them or, or and, and say something um depressing uh you know I'm I'm doubtful um you know uh, in a certain kind of way but I, I do think these group of people when they get their uh, stars back and are they gonna get Spetmeyer back um she might be competing. In the gold cup, I'm not sure. I, she's really missed. I I hadn't realised
1: she was playing internationally. I thought she was just injured from. I
0: thought day. so too.
2: Oh, the I'm sorry. she came
1: off injured, so I'm. Um, I i do not know. I, I, I'm,
2: I'm sorry. Not, You're, you 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 guys yeah. are probably right. Yep. What was her injury again? Yeah, they didn't disclose. Sure, she, okay. She
1: came off in the last last home game, I think it was.
2: Uh, bummer. Okay, I I assumed it was international duty back at the. Um, the Olympic qualifying, but clearly I'm wrong about that one. Could be a mix
0: of both, actually. I'm not sure. Yeah. So uh, if there's no more comment on the woman, uh, we can say goodbye to Denise unless she really wants to stick around. Thanks for coming (laughs) in, Denise.
2: Hey, I'm thrilled the men are doing great. I mean, I wish I were you know, followed them closely. I I feel like a fair weather fan if I just like hop on the bandwagon right now, but I, uh, I'm thrilled. I mean.
0: um... Follow, follow. We don't mind all the bandwagoners (laughs) we can get. And I don't think you really count as a bandwagoner (laughs) if you actually do so much for the club or follow the club, you know, or the other team. So, um, so closely. So look, there's no dub match to watch this weekend. So you can watch the men
2: for sure. For sure. All right, guys.
0: Cheers Talk to you later. Bye. All right. So we'll move to a um, slightly better result for us. Uh, The men we played in Campbelltown against MacArthur. It was a 2-1 win, a Costa penalty, and a Costa goal in regular play. This one was perhaps, uh, there were a few moments that perhaps could be discussed, which is the Germain penalty that wasn't given right at the beginning of the game, the Lucas Kelly held penalty that was given. Um, But we could start with what it's like with the lightning delay. Danny, what did we get up to? Well,
1: one thing I think we'll mention, or maybe we'll mention afterwards, but how many Phoenix Suns were there? It's a really, really good turnout. So in the Leeds Club beforehand, there was well over 30 probably the same inside the grounds. so I think between 60 and, I don't know, maybe being optimistic to 100, but a lot of Phoenix fans there, so it was, in that respect, it was good. Um, but then, of course, we had the delay uh, for Lightning, and as the delay went on and Lightning hit again, every it resets for every half hour, so we weren't sure at all when it was going to kick off. Uh, of course, had we known beforehand, we could have stayed in the Leeds Club and maybe watched the women's game on a better screen, but, but there you go. Um, but the atmosphere was good because there were so many of us there i think we we're all, all fairly optimistic um despite the huge amount of injuries we had and in fact we picked him up even uh, on the day rufus was out there warming up and then he, he never turned up on the team sheet. apparently injured himself during the warm-up i think he was even out there for the coin toss i think i saw him do that um but then you know replaced by fin concient into the lineup so we had a really patched-up team, a bit like the, the women in that respect. Um, and once you've seen that, once you're losing Pennington, Payne, uh, Kraev, Miss Kraev, Sawada, and then Rufa, I, I wasn't expecting. Even even with my, my newfound optimism and the fact that we normally do win in Campbelltown, I wasn't expecting a huge amount from this. I would have been very, very happy with a point. And so to get a win, I think it's probably our best result of the season circumstances.
0: Alex?
3: Yeah, it was a good game. I I think we did really well as well. You know, this is the type of form that a championship winning team is in. You know, you lose five players. There's a five, six players. I don't know how many players. You know, old's also injured. Zavada's on limited minutes. Um, not many teams can do that. Not many teams can beat third place while they're, you know, at you know, in reaching into such the depths of the squad that we are currently. Um yeah, it's we're in really great form. It's really great to see. I guess we can move on to the to the penalty shout to start. So Sermon uh, kind of comes in the back of Valerio Man. Or well, I guess it's a 50-50. But beforehand, which is important to note, is that Valerio Man was offside. I think, and I don't know why the offside call went f- for so long. Why that to take so long to look at it VR He was clearly offside. I don't know, like, it's why are they even checking a penalty if it, if he's offside? Maybe you guys can put some context in there.
1: I think, I, I mean, he was given offside on the field. Um, and so, and certainly at the ground, we were very confused about what they were actually looking for. Cause I think not many of it actually even saw the challenge. But watching the replay, the, the the ball that came through was actually from Ben Old. He somehow put it across his own ball. So, I think technically he wasn't offside because the ball came off of Phoenix last. So I think that's what I think. So the, the offside decision, which was given on the field, was actually overruled. And then they started looking at whether that was a foul on Finn Sermon or M.S. Um And probably for the first time this season, the referee went to look and then kept with his own on field decision, which is very unusual. But I think was probably correct. Uh, you couldn't tell even, you know, on watching the, the replays when I re watched it he couldn't really tell who got to the ball first it was you know 50 50. if it had been given it would have been soft and i had been upset but I can see why McArthur were upset as well you know with those things I think you, to, to have the cricket analogy we pretty much umpire's call.
3: yeah I, I reckon I would have given it if I was the, the ref in that scenario It was was a bit of a 50-50. You know, Sermon had it quite comfortably, I think, but then he kind of just took a bit too long on clearing it and then Germain kind of snuck up behind him and then he was like, oh, I should have actually got to go get this ball. I think he just needed a bit more impetus to go get the ball in the first place. Um, It also restarted with a drop ball. Do we know why that was? That's what
0: confused me because, I I mean, obviously with the broadcast you do have the commentators as much as their opinion may or may not be helpful or valid um you know in the ground we just got like no idea what's going on and I, you could see that the macarthur players had appealed for a foul there like by body language by you know the gesturing that they made and then the, the refs gone over it. we just it was very bewildering because for us at first we thought well is that not an offside call because the flag had gone up um but then to start it with a drop ball i just um I just don't know. I, it was very confusing, and it took way too long. Again, that's the thing; it just takes too long to make these decisions.
1: Yeah, uh, it's VAR. I'm not a fan of VAR. I would be happy without it. Um, and nothing would have changed in this game without VAR. We just would have wouldn't have had eight minutes extra time added on. So, uh, yeah, referee was very confusing about what he was giving at the end because it initially looked like it was going to be a contested drop ball, which would have been interesting. On the, on There's no such
0: thing. You, there's no yeah. contested drop balls anymore because they were just too dangerous.
1: Yeah. Well, <laughs> the McArthur players different, could should be? Um, but then, yeah. Um, so that was the first penalty call, I guess. So the next call wasn't much longer with uh, Lucas Kelly Hill going down in the area. And uh, immediately that happened, I said no penalty. It didn't have a penalty from first look. Um, it looked like he'd lost the ball. It looked like the ball was pretty much over the byline by the time he got fouled. Um, and I don't think I'd really change my mind too much having watched replays either. So I can see why MacArthur are upset about this. There's a little bit of contact enough to bring Lucas Kelly heel down. I don't know. I think he's so tall he looks dramatic when he falls over. But um, yeah, he actually got away got there. Yeah.
0: It was hard to tell. Because, I mean, I watched the slow-mo replays of that and there wasn't really a good angle. And the angle that the ref had is different to the angle that the broadcast cameras had. So for me, it looked maybe soft, but it's really hard to tell how much contact Ozcuk has made on Lucas's um, foot or, or leg. It's really hard to see that. I think it's not helped that he does look dramatic going down, and the fact that he's sort of dragged his toe, is like toe of his boot along the ground, which kind of makes it look like a flop. I don't know. It's just so hard. And when you're sprinting, like it's not really like a little tap will bring you down. I'm not saying that necessarily like it was a dead set pen, but um, it was so hard to tell what was going on, even with the broadcast and like repeatedly watching it because you just couldn't see. And the ref obviously decided that what he saw was enough from his angle. Either yeah. way, we'll take it. You win some, you lose some with these decisions
3: yeah and i think that's the only reason that Ver didn't overturn it because you can't really see the con- the contact from mozcock but you know um if it was a dive you know lucas is a he's a pretty young player and it's a good good awareness in that situation to dive you know young, often we see young players especially in the women's team not diving under contact under under contact in the box so you know that's i guess you, that's a positive you can take out of it
0: I mean, going down, right? So it's so Diving, I think, to me, when you say diving, is like no contact and just like flopping. But, but to go down, and yeah, you're right. Like, I mean, if there's contact, to go down, even if it's soft, if it contact's contact. So it's kind of like a moral argument about how much contact there should be before you actually go down and ask for a penalty. But that's not, like with the rules, if it's enough contact, it's enough contact. But yeah, you just, um, if there's contact and he's he's gone down and the roof's decided that's enough, for the angle that he has, I'll take it. Like I said, you win some, you lose some.
3: Yeah, any contact think... is enough. You know, if, if if this was against the Phoenix, I'd probably be fuming, but it's not too bad. Yeah,
1: we'll take it. I mean, there was some contact, which is why I think VAR didn't overturn the referee's decision. Uh, I think you credit to Lucas Kellehill just for being there in the first place. He's you know he's playing left wing back to be up near the near the post. It's pretty nosebleed territory for him, and he'd done very well to get there. And I thought he did very well all game, to be honest, both attacking and defending. The number of what looked like stretched tackles, but maybe it's just his long legs, uh, to, to take a ball away from MacArthur player was, it, it was so many of them. You know, I mean, he looks ungainly. And I think tall players like him never get the credit that they deserve for the skill they have because they look so clumsy and look ungainly. He's actually a very skillful player. And he showed that he took the ball past players two or three times, put last-ditch tackles in, uh, you know, got the ball cleanly off players so many times. So, you know, I thought was one, one of his best games he's had for us.
0: So, Costa puts that um pen away quite comfortably, um, in front of the bullpen, which I think had about 25 people, anyway, at less than half of what we had, um, as away fans. But anyway, well, um, we'll go back to the other. Costa goal we'll move on to the other Costa goal this one um was quite well worked so for me in the stadium there when David Ball gets that pre-assist right he looks up and he sees Ben old like at the far post and he plays this ball and I'm just like you wasted that Bawley you wasted it it's too far it's going out but somehow um Bawley plays this and Oldie gets there and um, plays this pass across the front of the goal, which Costa gets to. I mean, and there were four players, Macarthur players, who probably should have gotten there before him. He somehow snuck in. But, yeah, I, th- I thought that when Borley had played that that pass, that the the chance was gone. But Old just on fire, somehow gets there, very athletic.
1: Yeah, and Costa's um, – I thought the goal was – it looked very messy. It was like he sliding in, just so like everybody was over the line costa curto and the ball over the line but actually looking back he actually put the last touch on it as he's sliding in on his bum he puts his last flick with his right boot which actually stops curto getting a hand on it it was actually quite a skillful goal and awareness of where he and the ball was so it was um it's a better goal than i thought for, for, from costa and as you say for ben old put it across once. It was impressive and for you know david Ball to see him as well I, I, Ben Old today was, I thought, was a spectacular player just watching him. It, it, watching him when he gets the ball down there and has space to run, it's, it's a thing of beauty. It's just wonderful to see. And he's supposed to be injured. <laughs> Goodness of what he could be like if he'd actually fit.
0: At one point, he was along the line, along right, right on the sideline, and he danced through three players along the sideline. You think about how little space you've got when you're actually on the sideline, um, yeah, I can't sing his praises highly enough. I don't think um, he's been pivotal this season in so much of our attack, and yeah, he's injured. That's what's crazy. Like, this isn't even full. Albi.
1: And he's so, so necessary when we don't have Zawada there as well. With Zawada there, we can put the ball up to Zawada. He'll hold it up, wait for someone else to get up there. Without Zawada, we've got to run it out. You know, we're generally defending quite deep. So there's him, ball and Costa, maybe. And so we've got to run. We've got to get past players and we've got to make ground on our foot rather than just pumping the ball long. Um, and he's the one that allows us to do that basically. His speed and his ability to go past his first man and then burst forward. Uh, without him, with the wider out. I don't think we'd have scored half a goal so
3: that we have scored without Zamada. Yeah, I think the interesting thing for this goal is is the last flick that he gets on the ball, as you said, Danny. I, it took me a while to to spot that after watching the replay. But, like, would it be a pen if it, if the ball doesn't go in? Because the MacArthur defender kind of slides in the back of him. And I'm not sure if the ball before Costa gets the flick on comes off Costa or the defender. Like, it, it it's a really interesting question. And it would have been interesting to see how VAR would have kind of interpreted that
1: i think if um if it hadn't been a penalty then the, the bullpen would have exploded all 20 of them that's
0: um... Salas, with his debut um i felt that he was pretty exciting every time he got on the ball
1: um yeah he came on immediately had a lot of energy he came into central midfield sort of um roofer position if you like and yeah he immediately seemed to know where he was supposed to be he wasn't you know sitting too deep he wasn't going too far forward but he was always constantly trying to get involved and get the ball and put it forward he was you know immediately fitted in and was good and, you know I would not be at all surprised to see the start in the next match there was um one really good bit towards the end where he just tracked Davila for about 30 yards didn't put a tackle in didn't manage to get the tackle in but tracked him all the way back into the penalty area and finally stopped Davila getting the shot on target which was really impressive you know, just a you know, commitment to 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 stay there and do the job so yeah yeah, you
3: know, he's only half, well, half an hour, but he looks pretty good so far. Yeah, good yep. choice. Was, Houston was really, really good, played really well. Um, I think in the end, he probably won us the game. You know, all that energy in the midfield that we, we, you know, it was a relatively inexperienced midfield with Conchi and Alte in there. And just someone that can, I guess he can't really orchestrate the midfield yet because he doesn't speak the best English, but just some having that energy in the middle of the park, you know, we don't have the, we don't have the heaviest midfield, like in terms of depth, Rufa and Pennington and Alte kind of are only free. And then you've got Conchi for backup. Um, But yeah, he had some really, really important depth.
0: So this is the comparison that I'm actually quite interested in, right? Is both of these teams this weekend had big stacks of players injured key key players right so there were all the ferns that were away in the women's team and spec higher and then in the men's team you're missing a whole bunch of key players that have been playing and playing and playing so many minutes this season why did it work out for the men and not for the women?
1: it's a good question i think some of the men have probably been in and around first team squad more often than the women's have they also play in the reserves so they've probably been playing at a higher standard before they come up to the Phoenix and, than the women have. Um, I think the step up to the W League is probably a lot higher from uh, New Zealand domestic football than uh, Central League or National League uh, up to A League is. So that's the only thing I, I, I can think of maybe. Uh, we don't know what goes on behind the scenes in terms of how integrated the you know the entire matchday squad is, but yeah, possibly
3: that. Yeah, the only thing I can think of is kind of Chiefies tactics requiring less kind of skill and technicality from the players. Like Chiefie plays really kind of smart ball, you can call Paul Temple's ball small ball, and Chiefie plays smart ball. Um, it kind of more relies on the defenders than the rest of the team and a bit of the midfield. But the attack, it doesn't, I don't think it relies on the attack as much. You know, it's easier to be an attacker in Chiefies. Mm. um chiefies tactics and office and i think that shows with Kosovo. versus being informed um but we didn't have many defenders out kind of only tim payne scott wooten was a bit of a doubt but he ended up pulling through we switched to a back five um hughes played really well as well Um, yeah i just think you know Playing playing as smart as chiefy did really kind of won it for us.
1: I think that's a good point. And our defence is obviously the, the big strength about this side. And I think a shout-out will probably go to Scott Watton. Uh He's surrounded on both sides by academy players. Uh, and his leadership there and making sure people are where they should be and making blocks they should be, it's it's, it's really impressive. And as well as all the defending he does himself. I think he's really grown this season in terms of leadership and defence. Maybe because he's had to be. Uh, but yeah, he was incredibly uh, probably my player of the match for that full game.
0: Yeah, he's been massive, and I think yeah, as a centre back, he probably doesn't get as much credit as you know he deserves. But like he he's just all of those aerial jewels. He's he's winning them. You know, he's if someone puts a high ball in, like it's it's so often him on the end of it, and he doesn't. I think get the accolades for that. Uh, perhaps as much as he should. He's he's a calm head amongst some yeah pretty inexperienced players in some places. And I, I think you're right, he has been very, very good this season.
1: I've also heard that in training that he actually also is very good at turning Chiefies' um, you know, um, ideas into, into reality and amongst young players as well. So he's the one that basically takes Chiefy's orders and goes to the, the, the younger players or in fact, the whole defence and say, OK, this is what this means. This is what it means in terms of you have to be here and you have to be here. When that guy comes through, that's your man. And when that guy comes through, that's your man. So, um, yeah, big, big player. Probably would be team captain if Rufo wasn't there. I think probably maybe even should be team captain. I don't know. Um, But, yeah, yeah, he's been a huge player for us this season.
3: Yeah, I think I think he was captain this game actually, with Rufa and Payne out. So I think he's third choice captain. But yeah, that is really interesting how how you um mentioned that he kinda of turns Chiefies tactics into reality, especially with the young players. I hear I think he's quite involved with the Academy as well. You know, I've played at Fraser Park a few times and whenever I play there I always see him afterwards kind of helping out with the Academy teams on the sideline. A bit of motivation that was in the off season, albeit but um I'm sure he's still involved a bit now, even though it's kind of off-season for many of the domestic leagues. And, you know, he wasn't that, that great last season. I think a few people were calling for his contract to be terminated. And I know that can't really happen with the Phoenix. But I think if you would have offered a button to a lot of fans and said, you can press this. And Scott Wilson's contract would have been terminated with no repercussions. I think a lot of us would have pressed it. I probably might have pressed it myself even. But it's just really credit to, to Chiefy, I guess, and the rest of the team for, you know, turning their misfortunes around and the individual form around from last season into into what it is this season.
0: Perth Glory. Uh, we are away to Perth Glory this weekend this Saturday Um, it's going to be one of those really horrible quarter to midnight kickoff times in New Zealand unfortunately Uh, Perth are a very chaotic team they're probably on a bit of a high now because they've actually finally got new owners Perth are tough to play um, away so how do we feel I mean these are things we still need to keep getting results we've still got teams that are five points behind us what, what do you think is going to happen? I just hope David Williams doesn't go on, because he, he, just, he just scores it well when he comes on.
1: Yeah, I want David Williams to start, because he doesn't score when he starts. He only scores when he comes on. Um, this is a sort of game where he's going to be... We've no idea how many players are going to be coming back, so we don't know if it'll be the same number of players missing who had against get McArthur, or is Payne going to be back, is going to be back, Pennington. A lot will depend on that. I would be more than happy with a point. But as you say, Perth are actually on a real roll. at They look good going forward. Um so I'm happy with whatever we get out of it, perfectly honest. Uh this team has shown that they can do that. I mean they showed it at the weekend against MacArthur, who are probably a better team than Perth. So if we can do it against MacArthur, then they probably do it against Perth. But yeah, I'd be happy with that one.
3: Yeah, I tend to agree with you. Danny, I'd also be happy with the point. I think the time difference does play a part into where The game kicks off at 11.45 New Zealand time, but they are going there. I think they went there on Monday, so they've got pretty much almost a week, five days-ish to train and Perth and kind of get used to the time zone. I think that definitely will help. I'm not sure if that's been done before, probably, but I don't really remember it mostly in the past you know last season especially it was just kind of last minute we land there the day before or maybe two days before the game and and you know the converse happens when uh, Perth come to Wellington Perth aren't very good on their travels either I think they they won their first away game a few weeks ago was it in Unite round yeah oh, I know Unite I, I was get out it was against us um might have been the week after Unite round they won their first away game for a while so you know perth they do have a really strong home fortress did they lose to victory actually victory came there and i think there was an interesting result with that i'm not sure holly looks like she's checking
1: they beat victory I mean the one team that's beaten victory this season i know they've got a lot better i just had the last few weeks and as you say they've just been had their owners confirmed with their new owners so that's got to be good news for the morale and probably a good crowd behind them but, um, It's just going to be a bird. One thing that I I did notice in the car from that was uh, with Salas, and we're calling him Salas, Justin, he had on the back of his shirt, he was Delphin, which apparently is one of his middle names or one of his uh, family names, which I presume means dolphin in in Spanish. So should we be calling him dolphin or delphin rather than Salas?
0: I didn't realise that was what was going to be on the back of his shirt, but yeah,
3: maybe we could.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure what he prefers to be called, but... Dolphin sounds great. We've
3: all something there. Yeah, that's a good nickname. It'll be interesting. I mean, it's interesting to see what he had on the back of his shirt in Costa Rica, whether it was Salas or Delphin. Um, it could be like a bit of a, a call back home, you know. His, does he have kids? I don't know. I feel like that's the type of thing a kid would tell him to put on the back of his shirt, Dolphin. Um, but, yeah, he he played really well.
1: Yeah, I, I think i quite like seeing him start. Uh, against Perth. If Rufus is still out then um the midfielder him and Altai. Um Conchi i think did okay but he's just not that good basically. <laughs> he did either right, but you know he's young. He's not um he's only been a professional for, for half a season. I think I'd prefer to have uh Delphin in there Delphin slash Salav. Both of them maybe in midfield.
0: All right. Any other comments? I think we're done. Uh, Thank you, everyone, for listening in. Um, We will be back, I believe, next week or maybe the week after because there is no women's match this weekend. Uh, We will see you around. Bye. Bye.